Now, ladies and gentlemen, time to get ready for Mr. George Hamilton. Be careful out there, lads. Be careful. Now, that's uh, the three tenors. Italia 90, Nelson Dorma and the lads. And why wouldn't you play that? Particularly on the basis that Mr George Hamilton and the nation holds its breath is out there. George, good morning. Good morning, Marty. Ah, my friend, how are you today? I'm great, and thank you so much for having me on. My great pleasure. Now, some people would say we're going to the canteen to interview each other. People used to say <laughs> that around here. But the fact is, this is a fabulous read. It's a really... There's so much in it. Like, I don't know where you'd start or where you'd finish with this story of yours. Um, it is quite something. But one of the things I want to start with is um, this autobiography is your thing about the only child. Mm. Gas. Yeah, I know. Uh, and you make the point about only children that there's quite a few of us in this game. Yeah, uh, I believe you might be one yourself. <laughs> I am. No, as a fellow said, I still am. Um, but you're an only child. Yeah. But does that tell us something, do you think? 
Well, I think when you're an only child, you make your own entertainment a lot of the time because there isn't the big brother or the little sister to, to knock yeah. about with. Yeah. Uh, and I discovered uh, as, as I went along that a lot of us do end up in broadcasting. The late Fred Cogley is one. Yes. Uh, I think Jim Sherwin is one. Marty Morris, he is one. Jim Neely, my mate up in Belfast, he's another one. True. Uh, and, and it's probably something to do with the fact that you did have to entertain yourself at some point along the way. And in doing so, you maybe started talking to yourself and <laughs> doing that. Still at that. <laughs> that old problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. The, the getting down to do the book. I was going to say, why, why does it take you so long to do the book? I would have thought you would have done this before. Um, I suppose I, I, the excuse I would make is that I was a bit busy. And I suppose also <laughs> I make the excuse that I, I was writing the book, but it, I just wasn't uh, getting to a, a conclusion with it. Yes. Because I, w- I would find when I, when I was on my travels, I was kind of taking it all in as I went. But I, I never put it into ca- any kind of shape as a book until Conor Graham of Merrion Press approached me uh, and said, uh, would, you, would you consider it? I, I look back across the years uh, and I, I think it, it's a, it is incredible to think uh, you know, where, where I've been. Nowadays with your mobile phone, it'll throw up uh, a map and tell you where you've been in the last month. Yes. Uh, and I, only yesterday that happened on my phone, Google telling me where I'd been. I'd been to Belfast, Dublin and Cork. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different world, George. It's it a different is, world. It, it is. Things, things have altered completely. <laughs> Listen, um, we thought we'd, 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 we'd throw a few tunes at you. Um, you, you. I suppose it wouldn't be any harm to play, say, Doc the Priest, the old Champions oh, League. Yes. Give that an old play. What do you yeah, think? Absolutely. Oh, oh, great, great tune. It, it seems important uh, based on the fact that you're here at all. Here it is.
There it is. That's uh, Zeller the Priest, uh, the Champions League. I'm chatting with George Hamilton. The book is The Nation Holds Its Breath. Now, one of the things that I particularly was uh, was very taken with was getting the job in the BBC back in the day. Mm. Talk to me about the BBC and uh, all that. And well, you're anti, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, well, you see, the thing was, I, I wanted to play football as opposed to rugby. Which but it was sports in your background. Yeah, it was sports, yeah. But my dad, my dad played football. My uncle was an international cricketer. Yes. Uh, well, the thing was, uh, I was because I was so into sport, I, w- I was always aware of this programme, uh, Tea Time on a Saturday, which had the, the football re- match reports. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, of course, my dad and I would have been at the game and then this would come on. Anyway, when, when I was old enough to appreciate that people uh, were actual real people who contributed to this, and, and I might like to try to be one of them, uh, I approached my aunt, uh, who worked at the BBC. She yeah. had a pretty senior job. Uh, she would sign the checks when her boss was off. So she was well up the tree. Uh, and uh, But she was a pretty stern lady, so uh, I, I didn't know quite know where this would go. Uh, but she came back with a very decent answer. She said, well, I can arrange an audition for you, but after that, you're on your own. Mm. So, uh, yeah. so, so the audition was duly done. And uh, yeah. I left it with uh, the words that nobody wants to hear ringing in my ears. Don't ring us, we ring you. Uh, but within 10, 10 days, they had rung. And, uh, and they'd assigned me a rugby match. Now, it was rugby because they were oversubscribed with football. But I'm a great believer in taking whatever opportunity comes your way. Good man, me so, too. Ra- rather than saying, no, I don't want to do rugby, I'd rather do football. I said, OK, I'll do the rugby, I'll do the rugby, and yeah. we'll see where that leads. And it, and it led to where it's led, you know. But you but met it, a very famous uh, rugby commentator, didn't you? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Well, th- this was when I got started uh, and showed a bit of promise. Obviously, uh, that must have happened. Uh, Joy Williams. Williams, the late Joy Williams, who yes. was uh, uh, the, my mentor at the time, uh, she uh, decided that uh, I might make a fist of it as a commentator. Uh, so she arranged for me to commentate on England against Ireland at Twickenham. A small little local spot. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I thought I was going to be on the air. Uh, yeah. This was going to be my debut. Uh, but in actual fact, I wasn't on the air. Uh, my commentary was going straight from Twickenham to Broadcasting House in the West End of London and to the third, fourth floor there, uh, where in a Spartan office, Cliff Morgan, no less, the great uh, rugby commentator, the great rugby player in his day, and he once played for Bective Rangers during a spell in Dublin. Yes. Cliff was the head of radio sport, and Cliff was in his office with his feet up on the desk, a television on the far wall, and uh, earphones on, listening to my commentary. Gosh! Yeah, this was else. my oh, real audition. Your real audition. And exactly. then when it went after the game, Joy took me to um, to Broadcasting House to meet Cliff, yes. uh, who gave me his critique of my commentary and the the pointers as to how to how to do it right. And uh, obviously, I'd passed the test because the next round of matches was Ireland against Scotland at Lansdowne Road, uh, and I got that gig, and I, and, I, and that was the start of it. And wasn't it, wasn't it he? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Wasn't it he who who explained to you about having bits and pieces of information about everybody out there. Oh yeah, he and he and Bill McLaren was another one. Yeah. Before, before my first um, my first commentary that Ireland Scotland game. I love that. We came down to Dublin uh, on the Friday. To, it might even have been the Thursday now that I think of it, because they did they didn't think do things by halves then. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the day before the game, we're staying at the Shelburne Hotel. Uh, Joy took me down to uh, uh, to to College Park, Trinity College Sports Ground at the back of the college, and yeah. where the Scots were training. And we entered the the park. And and there was this tall figure in a his trademark uh, white gabardine uh, raincoat. And Bill, anyway, uh, 
it was introduced to me, and, and he said, "Oh, oh, you're you're doing you're doing your first comedy tomorrow." I said, "Yes, yes, I am actually." He said, "Well, come here, come here, and we'll have a, a bit of a chat." And he excused himself to the people he was uh, with and marched me up the touchline to uh, where there was just a pair of us standing there looking at these Scots training on the pitch. And he said, "The first thing you must do is identify the player by what he looks like, not by the number on his back, because they won't always be uh, obliging enough to, tur to turn the number right." <laughs> and he pointed out the two centres, Jim Rennick and Ian McGeegan. He said, "He." Rennick's the little baldy one, and McGeegan is the one with the hair. And then he pulled from his pocket uh, this thing that looked like an envelope, and he opened it up, and it was four A4 pages stuck together, covered in the most, in, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, bits and pieces, facts and figures, uh, colour-coded, every last little... It was his homework. Nugget. It was his homework. Oh, and, I looked, and, I, and he showed it to me. And I said, that, that's amazing. It's, it's, it's a work of art. But how would he ever use all that material? He said, I won't. He yeah. said, I'll only use 5% of that, but I won't know which 95% to junk until the game is over. Absolutely. And, and, and that's it. And that's it. Listen, I believe you're a great man for a bit of Billy Joel. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. My, my party piece. Uh, it? it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when when we're when we're having a bit of fun together as a family and, and the yeah. piano starts to get played, uh, this will always be the pièce de résistance. Oh, what a lovely one! The piano man here he is, Billy Joel.
it is. Um, you haven't recorded it, George, have you, by any chance? No, no, no. but I still have the recording of the, the, the Sadaka medley I did on the TV with you all those years ago. Do you ago. remember that? <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> yes. I found a great photograph of the two of us at home. Very handsome young men, in oh, fairness. Young, Very handsome young. young. Yeah, well. Since um, I've developed a face for radio, you know. <laughs> We're both at the same lark, I think, at this stage. Um, it is interesting when I... When, when, OK, that was rugby, but that's when the, the, the soccer world... Do you still love it? Do you still love the commentaries? Do you still love the the moment, the kickoff, away we go, and the excitement of a of a match? Do you still get a buzz? I get, a, I still get an enormous buzz, uh, and I, I think the truth of it is, Marty, if if I didn't get that buzz, I wouldn't be doing it because I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing the event justice if if I wasn't as as involved in it now as I as I ever was. And take the example of a recent game, uh, was the the Irish women uh, playing Georgia and that record. Uh, breaking 11-0 win but they are now the coming story yeah. and, and and it was just great to be in Tala and you talk about do you still get excited and when the kickoff comes in I couldn't wait for that match to start because there was such expectation in the air they'd done well uh, then they'd stuttered a bit but now there was opposition that they surely had to beat because they weren't as good as the other teams in the group and there was the expectation that this might be the night that it would all catch fire yes. and, and it did it did, but you just those moments before the kickoff, where they're all lined up there and they're ready to go, and you think, "Is this going to be it? Is this going to be it?" And then once it starts and you're into it, it's 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 an experience. It's 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 my my place. It's where I want to be, you know. Yeah. Because it's it's uh, I just get such a such a thrill out of out of doing it. And will you keep doing it until you're bored of it, or until it doesn't excite you, or until it doesn't? Because it, it, with, with all due respect, you are slightly slightly ahead of me in the years. <laughs> slightly ahead of me in the years. Yes, yes. Well, to tell you the truth, Marty, I think there will come a time, uh, mm. and I don't know when that time is, because lots of commentators go on into their 70s, thinking of Bill himself, uh, thinking of, of Murray Walker, the, the yes, motor racing commentator. something Yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and Peter O'Sullivan, the racing commentator. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm using names from the, the world of the BBC and ITV, but... but, no, but they but do keep but them on. They, and, and Michal Amarda Hurtig, if, if he come mm. back to, to RTE. Correct. But I, I think the, the thing is that you will, you will know yourself uh, when, when the time is coming, because... Uh, let's not let's not be beat about the bush here. As you get older, you don't run as fast as you used to, no, you don't. and things start to creak. And, and you know, at, at some point, I'm I, I'm going to be saying to myself, "Look, I can't I can't really be. I'm not doing this as well as as I should be doing it, or I I think this is not going to go the way it should." I know what you but mean, I, yeah. but I think that it's something that you know yourself, as opposed to something that I suppose. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's my view anyway. Uh, listen, well, let's get another tune. Um, you 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 love your music on a Sunday, you on Saturday, you love being on the radio too, playing the tunes. Oh, yes. And, and I want to talk about the story of, of the... You couldn't even go to Moscow without a phone call, but anyway. Um, uh, what would you like... What, 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 somebody mentioned... Well, no, well, what, I, what, no, what about that, that the, you know, the one that... The, I know that not everybody is a Liverpool fan, but I yes. think as football anthems go, this one is the best. There's no need to bring this up now. <laughs> <laughs> as a Manchester United fan, thanks a million for that one. You'll never walk alone, by any chance. Yeah, OK, here it is. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end. There's a gold 
There it is. You'll never walk alone for George. I would not play that. Only George Hamilton is with me. I'll play it for George. George, um, you got um, involved with Lyric in the back of a taxi. Yeah. I found myself in Moscow one night covering a game between Russia and Switzerland. Mm. Now, in those days, uh, your mobile phone would uh, beep and scrunch uh, uh, electronically when it was in the presence of a, a microphone. So you had to turn off your phone when you were in the comedy box, which I did. Yes. Uh, and it was only when we got back uh, out of the stadium, uh, got a taxi outside, and we're driving along through the, the streets of Moscow in the dark, dim lights of Eastern Europe. And uh, I remembered that my phone was off, so I turned it on, uh, and it immediately vibrated. Uh, and I checked it, and there was a voicemail. Uh, from a gentleman who s introduced himself as Adon O'Doul and mm -hmm. said, I am the new head of Lyric. Would you mind giving me a ring? Uh, so <laughs> we're driving along in the taxi. It's Stephen Alkin, my colleague beside me, in the back seat. Uh, and I call this number from the back of the taxi in Moscow, uh, like on a, a Wednesday night. Uh, and uh, and the voice answers, and, he, and I said, is that Adon? He said, it is. I said, who I was? He said, oh, thanks for ringing me back. Would you like to do a show on Lyric? <laughs> 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 no audition necessary. No, the idea was that uh, Saturday, being a sporting day, yes. uh, he would give me an hour and a half, like a football match, 90 minutes, yeah. uh, and I could talk about wherever I'd been and play the music I liked. Hamilton scores. It's just, but it's lovely. But you, you, you sound like you're at home 
when you do it. You just sound like you're comfortable and it, it's giving you pleasure as well as everybody else. Oh, the music's wonderful. Yeah, and then, you know, yeah. I think stories it, too, George. Stories too. It's a journey of discovery because there is so much, so much music to enjoy yes. and so much of it that we've never heard before. Yeah, that's very true. I won't hear elsewhere, by the way. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Which is the other great thing as yeah. well. Is, if, in terms of highlights, because there's lots of sporting stories in the book, uh, George Hamilton with me, The Nation Holds Its Breath, loads of sporting stories. Is there one moment for you, I mean, I know it's a, probably a, a sort of question a 10-year-old boy football fan had asked, but is there a moment, I mean, The Nation Holds Its Breath, um, you tell me the one moment that stands out in your mind from yeah. your history there. Well, that is obviously the starting point of the yes. book and the finishing yes. point of the book, yes. really. Yes. But, uh, and that was a, a, a stellar day. Uh, will never be forgotten and it's as if as they say it was yesterday but for me because I'm a great believer in that the first time is always the best for me the one that is the best of days is uh, Sunday the 12th of June 1988 uh, when Ireland played England in Stuttgart because there were so many st strands that came together that day uh, it was the first time the Republic of Ireland had played in a major tournament uh, the opposition was England uh, Ray Houghton scored the goal and uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they held on to win uh, and the very fact that it was in Stuttgart where I had a very very good friends Margaret and Winfried Rosner such a personal experience as well as being a professional experience because of the location yes. and you know when it when, when the game was over and we'd finished up our uh, all our all our work uh, and Fearwin uh, Jones the late Fearwin Jones him, had, yes. had delivered his his wonderful line for morning Ireland the day after the game because they were moving on from Stuttgart to uh, lower Saxony to play uh, the Soviet Union and uh, for Morning Ireland, Veer began his report. This morning, thousands of Irish hangovers are on their way to Hanover. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, he was great. But it, he was a lovely he man. Was, absolutely. But, but just was, to, to, to conclude the, the bit about my friends in Stuttgart, when we got back up to the, the hotel in the woods in Dagerloch above the city, and that's where the team was staying, mm -hmm. and when we got back up there to the hotel in the woods, a bit like Hansel and Gretel, the place, <laughs> place was overrun with Irish fans. Of course it was. Being <laughs> and polite Jack was, and Jack, Jack was happy to have them there yes. and I beat my way through the crowd to the bedroom, <laughs> got into the bedroom, closed the door, lay back against the door, breathed in deeply thinking, did I actually experience all of that? And yeah. then I saw it on the dressing table, there was a cake iced like a football pitch with a little man on the top with a green and white scarf around him and a bottle of Zecht German sparkling wine. <laughs> Margaret Rusner, the wife of Winfried, my oh. broadcasting colleague, had baked this cake in celebration. And she must have known something because she clearly, it was one she'd run up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't say that, don't say that. What a great story, though. Yeah. What a great story. And the, the book is full of that. It's, you know, Jack Charlton and everything. I mean, there's so much in there. But listen, thank you so much. It's been a joy. I've loved talking to you. I could keep on going because well, the clock's not going to let us, but you know yourself. But you know, well, I do, and, and it's lovely It's lovely to reminisce like this, Marty, and thank yes. you so much for giving me the opportunity. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Well, I've always enjoyed your company, and I hope we'll get a chance to sit over a, a, a nice bottle of red or a bit of, bit of grub one of the days. Sir, indeed, please, God. indeed, indeed. Listen, keep the faith, George. It's called uh, The Nation Holds Its Breath. As the fellow said, keenly priced um, from Merriam Press and all fine bookstores. Uh, George, keep the faith. And Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Can and to you too, to you? and your family. And stay well. Yeah, and listen, don't, don't, don't hang up any, any, any headphones just yet, because you're, you're a great pleasure and a great joy, and we love listening to you. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you. Take care. You've been listening to Marty in the Morning on RTE Lyric FM.
Classical Daytime on RTE Lyric FM.